And I teach what I teach because I think the joy and the laughter gets left off of people's radar completely, especially in the self-development space. Like I remember back in the nineties when I was, you know, going to therapy and working on myself and it was so serious and I completely lost touch with my playful side during all of that. And that playfulness is the richness of life. It is what can refuel you and re-energize you. And so I just don't want it to be completely forgotten. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a spiritual bypass. It can be part of the fabric of your spirit and your soul. Absolutely. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, change maker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and to usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. Hey everyone, so great to be with you today. In today's episode, be ready to laugh. (laughs) I talk with Kim McIntyre, who's a joyful living teacher, and she shows us how to laugh more and stress less so you can enjoy your life now. So today, Kim shares her mission of joy and laughter through her Joyful Being Academy. And in our conversation, Kim shares how to generate authentic joy from the inside out. I really love the way Kim embodies the joy she speaks of and how she takes us step by step through the process of cultivating a sense of play in our daily lives, regardless of your current capacity to feel joyful. I thought that was a really important detail. Anyway, hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited today to be here with Kim McIntyre, and we have not actually met until just a few minutes ago, but I can already feel her really cool energy, and I know this is going to be a great conversation. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, Kim. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I always like to ask my guests to start by kind of sharing a little bit about themselves, just so that listeners will have some context about what, what, where the conversation might go. Sure. So what I do is I help people who really yearn to enjoy their life more, to savor this gift of life with more high vibe joy and gratitude and all of that. They just have trouble figuring out how to do it in the middle of everything going on in their life and everything going on in the world. And so um, there's been several things in my life that have led me to this. And uh, I call myself a joyful living teacher and a certified laughter leader. I also do (laughs) speaking and coaching and um, I just, it's a lot of fun. And then there's also a lot of other things that I've done in my life as well before and after. I'm also an ordained interfaith minister, 
way, way, way back. I was uh, pursuing an acting career. At one point wow. I had an office and I was a hypnotist. Um, I've done all sorts of different <laughs> things. And I, I used to be embarrassed about that. Like, you know, the judgment voice yeah. in the head saying, why yes. can't you pick one thing and stick with it, right? But I know that everything that I have done contributes to what I'm doing now and what I'll be doing in the future. So um, I'm claiming it, I'm owning it. <laughs> Been there, done a lot of things. So (laughs) that's really, really cool. So, is there when you share your story, is there like some pivotal moments in your story that kind of define how you reach this moment where you are right now? Um, In terms of working with the joy and the laughter, yes. I mean, I there were many pivotal moments before that in terms of like spiritual awakening and things, but. I had a very specific instance 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago now, where I was going through a, a health challenge and I was incredibly stressed out. And just the decisions that I had to make mm-hmm. and all the different procedures that were being, you know, optioned for my body to go through and all of that yeah. stress relief through the roof. And actually in the years leading up to that, I'd been very stressed with a number of things in my life as well. Yeah. And so when I got the initial test back and they were like, it's not life-threatening. I decided to pause for a moment and I went and did a mind-body healing program that I'd heard about here where I live. And we learned all sorts of amazing, wonderful things. I did all sorts of things every day during it. The one thing we did every day that just was so amazing for me was laughter and play therapy. And it was so simple, but I felt like I was coming home to me, like rediscovering myself, my true self. And it's like a light bulb turned on inside of me. And I just loved it, you know, and then my time in that program ended. And then I was home going, where's my laughter and play therapy today? I really need it. (laughs) I'm I'm jonesing for it. Right. And so (laughs) I, not long after that, I saw an ad in like a wellness magazine to go do a workshop and become a certified laughter leader. And I'm like, I booked a ticket. (laughs) I went and I haven't looked back. And, And now I get to see when I do like laughter workshops or I do laughter and play at conferences, I get to see that light bulb. It's like a light yes, bulb that turns yes. on inside of people. And so, so that's been a very powerful, powerful thing that is, that stuck with me all these years. And, you know, sure. I still get off track. I still get stressed. I still have all of that, but I yeah. just remember the power of what I teach yes, <laughs> and I need to yes. walk my own talk when that yes. happens. Yeah. That's so cool. And, you know, I, you might know that I have opened a lot of schools and my most recent school was uh, K-8 and we started with little kids like kindergarten, first grade. And I was doing when I back, I now don't work at the school anymore, but when I was working at the school, I was doing now I kind of like a consultant, but when I was still leading the professional development, I did this all day meeting with the teachers and they were so serious. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, Hey guys, guess what? You work with like six and seven year olds all day, five, six and seven year olds. So I, this is my one request for the day. Like, we're just going to have fun and we're going to laugh a lot. And like that whole entire day, it was like one of the most, there's two um, trainings I did that were memorable. It was that one where the teachers were so light and they were laughing mm-hmm. and they had so much fun. And it was like, just by saying that it reintroduced that inner child playful version of themselves. And then another time where I had an experience like that, where it's like, I remember, cause you know, I've done thousands of trainings over the years. And the one that I remember was when I did a training at Google, we did a um, talent, the talent Academy where they're trying to help 
public school leaders figure out how to be kind of better at um, recruiting talent and doing their whole like HR and stuff like that. But everything they did in that, in that like three-day workshop was there was Play-Doh on the table. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, like all, it was just very bright, vibrant, colorful, and playful. And so my first year as a principal, I tried that out and I said, Oh, why don't we just, I just brought in all the things that Google was doing with us. And it was like, that was the most joyful Mm-hmm. training session I've ever had. And so when I was hearing you speak, I was like, yeah, what you're doing is you're helping people, adults, because kids already know how to do this naturally. You're helping adults, I think, tell me if this is the right assumption that you're helping adults kind of come back to that playful version of themselves. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I love everything you just said. And <laughs> I, have, I have a funny story about that. So the first year that I started doing this, it's back in 2001, I did a bunch of small groups around town with different adults. And then somebody invited me to do a group of kids. And I said, sure, that sounds like fun. Now I have no experience teaching children. And (laughs) um, it was a small group of kids too, but I very quickly completely lost control of the room. Like the minute I told them to laugh and play and have a great time, they were bouncing off the walls (laughs) and it was total chaos and they were fine. I was just going, what am I doing? (laughs) But what I took away from that is prior to that, I'd been working with adults who I had to encourage and coax and show them how to open up and have fun again. And so from that time on, I realized adults need permission, you know? And so from that time on, I, whenever, before I get to the interactive part of a, of a workshop or presentation, I'll say, now I need you all to give yourself permission to laugh and play like you're a little kid. And the minute I say that I have a room full of big kids, you know, and Um, but they, they listen and pay attention more easily than the kids did. So I don't right, lose right. control of the room, right, the balance. <laughs> but, but it was, a, it was, uh, at the time I thought, oh my God, I'll, I'll never do kids again. And I actually haven't done it <laughs> with kids since, but, it's an art. <laughs> but, but I, I remember that and that how key that that was because kids really are, are role models for this. And when we were kids, I mean, I know a few people who had traumatic childhoods. And so therefore that playful kid self maybe never got its full expression ever, but that's rare for most of us. When we were kids, we knew how to play it's innate and somewhere along the line to adulthood and all the seriousness and all of the shoulds and the to do's and the stuff just weighs down on you until, you know, yes, you need to have all the emotions in the, in the, in the spectrum of emotions, but joy and laughter, they seem to get left out and forgotten about for a lot of people. So. Yeah, I know. I love what you do because it's like, we are, you know, we really started as these joyful, playful, spirited beings. And then as the time goes on, like when you said, um, for those listening, when she said weighted down, it's like, you know, your shoulders went down. And I literally, yeah. in, in the classes I teach, we talk about the backpack and how all of us are walking around with a backpack or the gorilla. We like to joke, like some of these things you're walking around, they're like gorillas in your backpack. Like they're heavy and they're weighing <laughs> down, you know? And so for you to give them permission, I could see how, because all you, that simple statement, like I said, in my trainings, it, it actually wakes up that really expansive being within you that's like oh this is what I want to do all the time like I don't this all this seriousness and this finding following these rules and doing all these things like of course we need those you know to interact with with people and all that but it's like majority of people don't 
really want to spend most of their time in agony and acting like the world is so serious, it's really not. So I can imagine that in your, um, in your you know, workshops and things you do, that people really do come alive because if they've come to you, then I'm guessing that they're, they're kind of looking to reconnect with that part of themselves. Is that right? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is actually at a conference to be the breakout session rather than the keynote because, yes. or to go into a company where the boss has decided this is a really good idea for their employees and they're not fully on board. And yes. I, can, I can usually win most of them over, but there's usually yes. one of them in those groups that are kind of, oh, yeah. but when it's a breakout session and they've seen the description of what I do and they're yeah. there, they're good to go. And it's the yes. most fun. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Yeah. That's so cool. And, you know, I did, I was doing some trainings a couple of years ago and the woman leading them was so smart because it was a bunch of um, school leaders from across the country and we were in this cohort and we all thought we were going there to talk about what we always talk about, you know, how do we improve learning for kids and mm. what's the newest, this and that. And she would start every day with like, she had a poet come in and teach us about poetry. And then we did improv and we did mm. dance and it was like all these stuffy people with their dress shirts on. <laughs> I remember just thinking, wow. And I told her at the end, I said, honestly, this is a version of myself that's been wanting to come out. But like you said, I don't have permission because we go around the world mm. acting so serious and, you know, making sure that everyone thinks we're smart and serious and all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's not really how most of us want to live our lives. So I love that. I love this story about when it's a workshop and they get to choose, then it's much faster. But even when it's not a workshop that you're also reaching them, you can win most of them. Definitely. In the workshop, Definitely. you can also, you know, and, but I think that's, when I got your email, you know, cause we don't know each other. And I love that you just randomly found me because those are the best connections. Cause that's like just the spiritual connection, like energy is just connecting and we find each other. But I, I felt the energy in your emails. Like it was really joyful. And I was like, because I, I can sense authenticity. So if you had emailed me and you had said, I'm a joyful, um, what you call yourself a joyful being coach. Is that right? Yeah, a joyful being coach, joyful being teacher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if I had read that and I had felt that you were like faking it, then I would probably not respond to you or been like, thanks, but I'm booked. Right, <laughs> but immediately right. I felt like, oh, this woman actually is very joyful. And so I can imagine that when people are around you, they feel more joyful because of the fact that you're living, you're walking your walk, like you said. I do my best to walk my walk, you know, um, every now and then when, you know, I have darkness like anybody else. And when that comes yeah, up, it's like, totally. it's like, you know, they talk about the imposter syndrome where that part of me goes, well, yeah. look at, look at me, the joyful living teacher here. Right. Like, so grabby. But that's just yeah. the harsh beat up voice coming in. And I just say, la, 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 you know, I'm giving yeah. love to all of myself now. And I know I'll be back in the joy when, when I'm back in the joy, yeah. you know, or yeah. joy doesn't necessarily always have to be like people have misperceptions about it like they think it has to be some big jumping up and down thing which it can right. be which is fun yes. joy yes. can be as simple as looking at a sunset and like really mm -hmm. being present and soaking in the beauty of the colors and the beauty of your own breath in the moment and and that can be joy too it can be more yes. subtle yes. yeah so it doesn't have to be this big kind of like you know that's what our mind does it creates a whole huge story about like well if i work with her i'm gonna have to be joyful and then the other thing I'm really curious about is, you know, how sometimes we can get into this in the personal development world or this kind of positive thinking type of 
stuff, which I find to be very on the surface and not really to have enough depth. So I can, you know, for you in the work you do, what do you say to people when they're like, well, I'm actually like really depressed right now. And mm-hmm. the thought of even becoming joyful seems like way too far away. And, and I just kind of feel like you're one of those, oh, let's make life positive all the time and just spiritually bypass. But I sense your energy and I know you're not. So what do you tell no. people when you say that? No, yeah. it's, it's funny. The words you use, you just use, I don't know what they were. They said the exact same thing to a client one time because she, when she gets depressed, she had like a very harsh, harsh inner talk voice that would come yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And she was on top of that harshness about everything else she was going through in her life. Then she had the added layer of beating herself up because she couldn't get to the joy, you know, and she couldn't find her way there. And I'm like, that is exactly what you just said. That is too far of a stretch for you right now. That is, that is too far to go. So instead we're going to aim for a smaller step, which would be going for something that gives you comfort, you know, going for something that is self-soothing full, full blown joy. Not going to get there right now self-soothing we start there and if yeah. you can get the self-soothing you might take it a step further to self-compassion and self-acceptance and self-love you know giving yes. love to the harshness in your own mind because in its own way it's it's doing these old patterns because it it found that that helped it survive something in the past yes. even if it's not helping her anymore mm-hmm. so you know it's it's aiming for that is just aiming for those smaller steps and then trusting that when the time is right, you'll be able to open back up to that. But yes, yes sometimes it is too far of a stretch. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's, you just have to go with where you're at with self-acceptance yeah. and love. And I teach what I teach because I think proportionally the joy and the laughter gets left off of people's radar completely, you know? Yes. Especially in the self-development space. Like I remember back in the nineties when I was, you know, going to therapy and working on myself and it was so serious and all about, I got to fix myself and fix myself. And then I got to fix this and I got to fix that, you know, and that is during that stressful period of my life. And I, I completely lost touch with my playful side during all of that. And that playfulness is the richness of life. It is what can refuel you and re-energize you. And so I just don't want it to be completely forgotten. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a spiritual bypass. It can be part of the fabric of your spirit and your soul. Absolutely. It's like bringing the, bringing it all together. And so that it's like this inner um, kind of dance between all the different energies and the different parts of you. And that's what I always teach is like, we're not pushing away the part that's really sad or pushing away the part mm-hmm. that's really happy or whatever it is that you did. Cause if we start out as this expansive, authentic version of ourself, and then we're kind of building these different blocks. Right. And so yeah. I love what you do too, because when I coach my clients and then we run our programs, I always ask them to like take simple steps. So for example, I was coaching a client last week and, you know, I just started with her and I have them fill out a survey and she had said that she loves swimming. Mm. You know, Cause one of the questions is like, what is something you did as a child that you loved and you lost the track of time, lost track of time, right? Like it's just exactly I'm trying to yeah. get at the same thing you're trying to get at. So she had said she loves swimming and I, and she hasn't really gone swimming since she was like, you know, on a regular basis in a joyful way for years and years and years. And then she said, but when her niece and nephew were visiting, she jumped in her pool at her condo. Mm. And I was like, great. Like she needed the permission from her niece and nephew. Right. 
But then she said, I've literally walked by the pool every single day on the way from my car to the condo. There's like a shared pool, right? And she said, I walk by it every single day. And I was like, why don't you jump in? Like, why don't you go in, right? Yeah. And she was like, I've never really thought about it. So it, so I gave her permission to jump in. Of course she messaged me and she's like, I jumped in. <laughs> but it's like, there's this inner voice of well-being that's there, that's waiting yeah. to be, just that's telling you like, jump into the pool. And sometimes people yeah. like us have to kind of reflect it back to people so that then they feel like they have the permission to jump in the pool and enjoy their life. And it's so funny because I just, I just gave my best friend that same permission just a couple of weeks ago because yeah. she works really, really hard. She's a therapist. She sees clients all day long and every now and then she'll get cancellations in the middle of the day. And there is literally a water park, a five minute drive from her office. And she called me and she said, Kimmy, I have this crazy idea and I want your permission because I know you'll give it to me thinking about getting <laughs> yes. an annual pass to the water park so that when I get cancellations in the middle of the day, I could go yes. and the lazy river for a little bit and then come back to work. Yes. And I was like, yes, go for it. And so now every now and then I'll get a text from her of her at the, <laughs> at the water yes. park enjoying yes. herself in the middle of the day, you know, and, yes. and the guilt though, because people think, oh, I should be doing something else. And for right. her, it's like, guilt. I have that break. I should be doing my paper, you know, the paperwork that's sitting over in the yes. corner, but taking that break refuels her so that she's even better for the people she serves later in the day and, and can do what she does without having to burn herself out. So, yeah, yeah no, that's great. And let's talk about the guilt and the shits because yes. I, so again, if we think of children, I always just think about children. I have a seven and 10 year old. So I get, to, obviously they're all around me, but I work for years with teenagers and it's the same kind of energy. It's like, it's a free flowing energy, you know, especially teenagers. They don't have the prefrontal cortex. Like they're like, <laughs> let's do it. And um, fully developed, I should say. But anyway, so with kids, like they're so open and free and they don't have that guilt. Like it's actually mm -hmm. insane to me when we think about it, that mm -hmm. we're so conditioned to go away from our free spirit itself that we feel guilty that we're not filling out the paperwork right? rather than just saying like, what if we could fill out the paperwork and jump into the pool? But yeah, we spend our lives kind of like running the stories and the programs that we're not allowed to actually have fun. Yeah. And you know, on your deathbed, you're not going to look back and say, Oh, I wish I'd filled out the paperwork. You know, <laughs> I wish I'd gotten <laughs> more things checked off my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So how do you help people with the guilt? Like what, um, you know, how do you help people? Cause I do think that's one of the biggest obstacles to really embracing the joy in your life is that it's that voice that tells you you're not allowed to be having fun. And I remember another one of my clients told me she was had she had three great days in a row, like super fun, really, really fun. And on the fourth day, she was totally catatonic. She's like, I, I'm not allowed to have three days of fun. Wow. And so she really believed that she was not supposed to have fun three days in a row. So day four was something terrible was going to happen. So then she literally created, mm -hmm. you know, her own um, suffering. Yeah. So I would address self-talk in that since it is self-talk that's giving them the guilt to begin with. Right. Right. right so, right, right. and it, depending on the client, there's a couple of different ways I would go. Uh, number one, if it's somebody who really loves being there for other people in their lives, you just say, you know, you cannot serve other people. You cannot be there for other people. You are good to no one if you burn yourself out. 
and fun and laughter and play is a way to recharge your batteries. It's an important form of self-care. Self-care doesn't have to be, uh, you know, twisting yourself in a pretzel and yoga poses for hours. Although I am a yoga teacher too. So I I (laughs) do that as well, but it it can be just as simple as doing something that you enjoy. And so that's, that's one kind of self-talk that you can have. Another is if they're very spiritual, you can get, if you tune in with your soul, does your soul think you shouldn't do that? What is your soul? What does your spirit want for you? There's no judgment in that realm about, having fun like joy is the essence of spiritual being as it's a part of spiritual being so um allowing that in is allowing your true authentic self to be so so that's another form of self-talk it's just it's finding the words that they can say to themselves whether it's a conversation with themselves or an affirmation even just a simple saying it's my divine right to experience play and fun and joy you know, yes. I, whatever it is for that person to, to help them, to help them be able, because it's not like they're going to say that to themselves once and the guilt's going to magically disappear. Exactly. Right? exactly. You have to be able to keep having that conversation with yourself. And, and there's some days where my, I, especially if I have a work, my, my Achilles heel is time pressure. So if I have a mm-hmm. work project that has a time pressure element to it, right then the should really comes in going, you've got to yes. get by this deadline. So you should do and, and And like, that is like, I have, that is my kryptonite that I start to believe it. And honestly, it's a yeah. lie. It'll all work out. I'll have time to get it done. And yeah. you know, that lie comes in and I have to be ready to say, Mm-mm-mm. you don't mm-hmm. get to choose for me. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I know that if I burn myself out, I'm not going to be able to do this you know, whatever it is. Exactly. So exactly. I, I have to take, even if it's just a mini break, I have to take one. So. Yes, yeah. no, that's great. And it's really about what I like to call overriding the program. So the program is that you have a deadline, you have to meet it. Or, you know, like when you're that version of yourself starts freaking out and you're like, it's yeah. like, I'm going to die if I don't meet this deadline. And that's a story <laughs> that that's the little right, like constriction right. that comes up. Right? right. And so it's like, what are the infinite possibilities in that moment to be like, can I extend the deadline? Can I maybe do part of it now? Can I do some later? Can I call the person and say, you know, there's, there are infinite possibilities in that moment. But, but of course, when that really constricted duality of like, it's either on at this time, turned in at this time, or it's not, and that's, it's all you got, you know, and then like you said, your voice. Right, exactly. It's very black or white, you know, (laughs) very like, no, no shade of gray. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I call it like overriding the program, because then you can, the the voice of well-being comes in. It's like jump in the pool. Or, and I love that your friend called you about doing the water park mm-hmm. because that's also the voice of well-being. Like yeah. I know that Kim is going to reflect back the version of me that knows that I want to uh, go to the water park or jump in the pool. And so people really do know the truth and they know how to follow the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and she had some voice that told her, Hey, call Kim, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, right. And it's, but it's hard to, to really trust that voice and to follow it. And I love, love, love that you because I do think what you're genius about is getting people to get in touch with that joy and then laughing and having fun and being playful. It opens something up because with every client I work with and every time we're, we're running our programs, I say our, cause I have partners I work with, but when I'm running a program or I'm doing a, I'm not running my own program. When I'm running a coaching program, <laughs> I help 
people just, I just say, maybe go draw for the, you know, I haven't drawn since I was eight years old. Maybe yeah. go play with your kid. Maybe play with your dog. Just do those little things because yeah. as you know, or you wouldn't be doing this work, that starts to open up parts of yourself that have been dormant for so long. Definitely. And it's so funny you say that, like right before this interview, I had like between the time I stopped work and, and got done what I needed to do and the interview time, I had like 20 extra minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I could go do one more thing on my list, but instead I got out my coloring book. I have a, I have a mandala coloring book yes. and I just did some coloring. I'm like, cause I know I would be better, mm-hmm. you know, better prepared and better centered and just better in this interview yes. with you more open to the conversation if I did that than if I went and, you know, answered some more emails or whatever. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. So that is, that is interrupting it again. So I really love how you have your own practice of kind of interrupting some of the seriousness and yeah. kind of the lies that we believe. Like if I, you know, or you could have gone and obsessively, you know, researched my podcast and my website and been like, okay, I'm going to get really prepared for this. But there was a, right, but there's a version of you, <laughs> which is fine, <laughs> which is great. Not, not for but, this one, but I've done it previously <laughs> when I was first started doing podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> which is totally fine. But it's like, and I'm going to color when I'm done with that. And we've yeah. a little bit of time before, right? Instead of like yeah. either or, but, um, but I love that, you know, that by taking that time to really take care of that part of yourself, that's playful and joyful, then you're going to show up. Cause it's a lie that it's the opposite. Right. And yeah. we'll talk about, talk to me about laughter because I know you talk about joy and laughter and um, how does that play into the work you do in general? Well, um, I'm actually the certified laughter leader thing. Sometimes people call that oh, laughter yeah. yoga, you know, and oh, yes, yes. I ran a laughter yoga group for like five years. And, um, and I always, when I do a laughter workshop, I, in addition to the, to the therapeutic play, piece of it I usually bring in some laughter yoga too which initially I I start out with the play because for some people the laughter yoga is a bit of a stretch (laughs) from their comfort comfort zone yeah yeah um but once they get them playing then they're they're usually good to go um yes and what what I find the, the magic of laughter is if you are feeling crappy and somebody comes along and makes you laugh in an instant it shifts something in you. And so I use that. I use laughter yoga as a tool, you know, as a self-care tool that you can do in 10 or 15 seconds to shift, shift your energy, shift your mindset, shift everything. I mean, it's just like that. It's just so magical. And I remember um, earlier this year, I was being interviewed on TV for the first time. And I was having like, and it wasn't even in my market. It was like in a TV station on the other side of the country. I was so, I was actually having panic, you know, which is not something I usually experience. I was actually feeling, you know, waking up in the night in panic and then feeling queasy and nauseous. And I'm like, okay, every time that panic comes, I need to do a little laughter yoga. And so I did, and I did that for the 24 hours before the interview. And then the interview went fine. And it was over like that. I mean, TV interviews are so So fast. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it was fine. And, and it was funny because I was talking about laughter. So and that interview, and so I'm like, okay, so I got to practice what I preach here. And so that's, that's the beauty of it is it's just such a powerful tool. 
And sometimes people are like, oh, I should only laugh spontaneously. Well, spontaneous laughter is great, but you need to be able to lean in that direction. And so whether that is knowing, because some people aren't aware, they don't have the awareness of what makes them laugh, you know? And it's like, yes, you know, even if you just need to make a list of these are the types of things that make me laugh. And so when you need a laugh, you probably don't feel like laughing, but when you need a laugh, you can look at your list. Or you can do a little laughter yoga and even the fake laughter does something to your biochemistry and shifts Mm. something. So, okay. So how does the, okay. I've heard of laughing yoga, but I've never done it. So tell me how it works. Like what you walk (laughs) us through. (laughs) It's basically fake it till you make it. Um, Oh, you just start laughing. You start laughing. So I, I need to set it up for people so that they understand what it is and demonstrate it. But basically there's a certain sound pattern across all cultures. And this has actually been studied by Dr. Robert Provine, University of Maryland. There's a particular sound pattern that people recognize. And um, I forget, it's like every one fifteenth of a second or something. I forget the exact numbers, but it's basically Mm -hmm. a rapid fire sound pattern. And usually with sounds like ho, ha, he, or hey. And so, and this is across all cultures, all languages, all around Mm -hmm. the world. And so I set it up like that so they understand and then I demonstrate. And usually my demonstration will get them laughing because Mm -hmm. the sound of laughter is contagious and I demonstrate a bit, my demonstration gets a bit loud and outrageous. So so we start there and then, um, yeah. And then we go from from there. So um, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. And my sister-in-law has told me about it and and she really loves it. And okay, but I love this idea of, you know, that theory, like when you need to work out the most and go to the gym, you never go to the gym or like mm-hmm. that kind of concept. Yeah. And so I feel like it's similar with, like you were saying, when you really need to laugh is when you don't laugh. And the other day, I was, <laughs> this is going to be funny. And my wife edits this, so she's going to laugh when I tell the story, but um, she likes to tell me when I have something on my face when we're eating, right? Like, oh, you left a little, and I'm always like, just don't tell me. So for our 21 years of marriage, <laughs> this has been one of those conversations we always have it's like the same loop the same program you know and I'm like why are we still doing this so I had something on my face we were eating the kids were kind of walking around and I and she's my son told me he's 10 and I said I said you know what just don't don't worry about it because I was kind of like in a grumpy mood and I I did what I did to my wife just don't tell me whatever and then he of course like started joking about it and he was like oh sorry so you want to look terrible when you walk out of the house. Like he was kind of just making fun of me. It's like, you're going to go out. What if you do a podcast interview? You know, he was just making all these jokes. So then I got the yogurt that I was eating and I literally put it all over my face. And I said, <laughs> oh, is there anything on my face? And it was just like covering my face with yogurt. And everyone just started completely cracking up and laughing. And so it was like something within me said, like, you take this thing so seriously when someone tells you on your face and it's not that serious at the end of the day so then we all are just cracking up but it's like when you're in that moment where you're grumpy like I was and you kind of know intuitively or the inner voice of inner world beings like yeah we we need to laugh right now but you're just kind of like I'm in a bad mood why am I gonna laugh you know what do you do well I teach people how to generate it themselves basically okay um yeah or you go and choose your input. So I like to talk to people about feeding their mind, nourishing content, because you can turn on CNN and see a 
crap show going on, or you can choose to listen to something else that's more uplifting, you know, or read, or it's like you're feeding your mind out of the grumpiness, or even if it's a book on self-love so that you're being compassionate with yourself in grumpiness. Um, If laughter is too far again of a stretch, (laughs) then you go for the self-soothing, you go for feeding yourself some loving self-care, whatever that looks like. So it doesn't always have to be laughter, but it it can be. And so, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's just a choice. It's making that conscious choice, but it starts with the awareness because what you just said there is you have the awareness, you know, there's a, there's a little part of you going, I know I'm grumpy right now, you know, (laughs) and sometimes people, the grumpiness has completely taken them over. Mm-hmm. and become them almost so they don't have that just that little bit of a witness in them right. going i'm grumpy right now so to build that awareness obviously practices like meditation and yoga and things where you build that witness awareness are helpful mm-hmm. in all areas of life um to be able to make that conscious choice to say i'm gonna feed my mind something different right now yes yeah. Yes, no, that's a really great way to put it. And the way I like to teach and talk about it is that even when you're in the grumpiest mood or like that really heart dark cloud is like, there's that little voice of well-being or intuition that's going to say like, call Kim and ask her about the water park or, yeah. you know, put yogurt all over your face or exactly. go joke with your 10 year old because he's going to get you out of this. And, and it's almost just really trusting yourself. But I love how you are saying like people can do this for themselves and they have a choice and they can really, I love that idea of what information you're, you know, what, what you're inputting, like the information. And cause I know I stopped watching the news. I was mm-hmm. like a big news junkie for years. And I just kind of, I just headline surf now because it's like, if I watch yeah. the news, I'm basically asking the people that curate the 99% of the worst information and the most depressing worst information across the world and putting it into one, you know, for me to see. And I love Kyle Cease, who is a comedian turned spiritual teacher and he's hilarious, right? He makes uh-huh. fun of all this stuff. And one of the things he says is he says, when you watch the news, did they ever um, tell you 99% of the world went to bed and they're totally safe tonight or whatever it is, you know, right. 90%, exactly. like majority of the world is actually just when he's like, what if this was the headline news? Oh my gosh, family of four goes to bed and watches TV. <laughs> He has a little bit, I'm not doing it justice, but it's really right. funny because he's like, you're choosing to watch the like, worst you're you're looking for the worst news yeah and it's going to be curated for you and it's put out to make you be scared so like you said if you're watching news or around toxic people or whatever it may be then of course it's hard to find joy it's hard to find laughter because yeah you're going to kind of get sucked in so i love that as a yeah and you do get sucked in they they use techniques to suck you in, you know, stay around after the commercial break. Cause this is going to happen. And oh my God, you got to know or something horrible, you know? And, and yeah. So the one new show that I still watch is uh, CBS Sunday morning because they get the news stuff at 10 minutes up front. Okay. And then the rest is usually interesting pieces and there'll be pieces about art and pieces oh, cool. about human interest and inspiration. And so, yes. and, and I record it. So if there's like a real downer segment <laughs> that I don't want to watch, I just fast forward over it. 
<laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, it's what, what you're choosing to put in. You're right. They are curating it for the worst fear factor because people, and how can we suck you and keep you, you know, yeah. watching even, yeah. even longer. Yeah. So yeah. I, I try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, I yeah. got a little sucked in the past year because like yeah, that course. extra fear of the unknown and wanting to know yeah. what's, what's the latest with this, with the pandemic or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I just saw the impact on it. And here's the thing. I know there's a, there's a book out there. I don't remember the title of it. It's about the highly sensitive person. Right. And there's like a checklist in it to see mm -hmm. if you're a highly sensitive yes. person. And I check, 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 check. So yes, I know yes. I am very sensitive to other people's emotions to, yes. I'm very suggestible. I'm very um, open in that way. And so I need, you know, sometimes I need to just stop and going, I'm feeling not so great. Yes. Is this even mine? Yes. You know, or yes. did I pick it up from somebody in the grocery store? You know, yes. so I have to, I have to be aware of that as, you know, it, it's, it feels like a handicap, but I guess it has its advantages as well oh, because yeah. I am more empathetic, I think, than yeah, you know, your absolutely. average human. But uh, I just have to know that and that I need to counteract that and to choose to feed my mind things that are going to lift me back up again. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because I would say majority of my listeners are very sensitive, highly sensitive and empathic and very intuitive. And so they're going to be really happy, I think or I feel <laughs> that you said that because it's true. It's like, I went to hang out with my brother and my best friend and they wanted to watch a horror movie <laughs> and I just oh don't God. do the <laughs> horror movie. Right. Cause I was, and so a few years back, you know, you know, I probably would have just watched it and kind of, and I was like sleeping at someone else's house. So we watched it for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, again, the voice of well-being was like, why are you doing this to yourself? So yeah. I just said, Hey guys, I'm there's, I think either I leave because I'm not watching this, or we change it. And they're like, oh, we'll just change it. No problem. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I could not yeah. have gone through that whole time. But I really appreciate you bringing that up, because I think that um, with a lot of my listeners and just humans in general, like being energetic beings, that there's so much toxicity out there and so much energy that can really, and when you're an empath and you feel everything, it's like you can really get sucked in and, and kind of, and then all of a sudden, like you said, you're feeling grumpy or you're feeling low, or you're feeling down. And so it's really important to actually watch that energy yes. and watch what you're, what, like you said, like what you're inputting, right? Yeah. Watch what you're inputting and watch what may be inputting into you without you realizing it, you know, yes. as well, if you're highly sensitive, you can be picking up stuff without even realizing it. And so yeah. you need to do whatever you need to do for your own reset, whatever your reset yeah. practices are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Laughter is one of them for me, but and, you know, there's other yeah. things, deep breathing and yoga and meditation yeah. and and dancing, dancing's a good one, yes. you know, putting on uplifting music and listening to it and or dancing to it. Yes. I mean, whatever your are, I mean, I have a whole slew of them. Like that's, that's, you know, I, I spent years collecting tools because I love tools, you know? And yes. so, um, so I'll pull them out and use them until I find one that works, you know, because different ones work yeah. different days. So yeah, I love that. It's really just getting to know yourself mm -hmm. so well that you kind of know in the moment when you're kind of feeling something like I'm going to play the music or like I said if you really get to know your intuition then your intuition tells you go play this song or go exactly. do this right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and I love well, that I, wanna... call it, I love okay. that you call it the voice of wellness 
the, or the inner voice of wellness. I, voice of well-being or inner well-being. Voice of well-being. I got that from my okay. friend Stacy. We Stacy and I run a program called the Inner Sangha, and it's a twelve-week intensive. And so <clears throat> she regularly talks about this voice of well-being or the voice of inner well-being. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say I, I would like to wrap us up now, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share. You know, I'm not sure if you do one-to-one coaching or more like workshops. You mentioned keynotes and breakouts. I just love to hear. Kind of where people can find you and kind of what you know if they're like oh i want to i want to get to know kim and i want to do something with her like what would they where would they go well my website is joyfulbeing.com and i have a gift that they can get at my website which is a discovery play sheet that's completely free that has okay. 10 powerful questions to help them really feel into what authentic joy is for them and to help them discover or rediscover their joyful self. Because I believe in the power of questions to point your mind where you want to go. And so there's 10 powerful questions on that worksheet. And then I also online have three mini courses in my Joyful Being Academy that you can get and go at your own pace. One is called Joyful Self Jumpstart, which is really about giving you a jumpstart, just like it says. Mm-hmm. Another one is on giving yourself some fun. And another one is calm in a crisis, which is really some calming tools. And I will be adding more over the time. So if you um, do get the questions sheet, you'll also be on my newsletter and I have a YouTube channel. I put out uh, inspiring, uplifting, nourishing content for the mind <laughs> on yes. the YouTube channel. Uh, and um, yeah, and if anybody is looking for a speaker on joy or stress relief or laughter, then uh, yeah. you can contact me through my website as well. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation and I laughed. So yeah. that was great. Like yeah. all the things, like I said, when you embody who you really are, then we don't have to script this out. Like it just all happened. Right. You were able happened. to yeah. bring joy to my day and hopefully people listening will feel the same way. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really love everything that Kim stands for and particularly this idea of weaving moments of play and joy into the fabric of your daily life. I'm a huge believer that we all just take ourselves way too seriously. <laughs> So can you think of two to three things that you can do to maybe infuse some play into your life this week? Unlock that childlike part of yourself that really knows how to play and just laugh and have a ball. So what will it be for you this week? Have a fun and playful and joyful week. Bye, everyone. (music) 